I tell you that this this past weekend or this weekend, I mean, um, past week, I was I had the kids. I was, I was you know spent a lot of time with the kids this past week, and um, I think it was earlier in the week, um, Sarah had bought uh, crew and well got brought the kids a couple of toys and bought bought them some of these. They're a little larger toys and. I remember Sarah was loving these little babies. I think they're like the Frozen characters and, you know, uh, what's her name? Anna and whoever. I can't think of all the names. Elsa, she knows. She's got grandbabies. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, were, we, were in the, we were in the house plan, and, and I remember something came up, and it was time to take a bath. And we, I was just, because I always do my best to talk about, let's pray for them. Oh, they're going to get hurt. Because you know how kids are. They, oh, it got hurt. Well, let's pray for them. And so I was praying for uh, I was praying for her little dolls and little toys and everything that had gotten hurt when they fell. And because I think what we do is we train them, we train them to believe God, we train them to understand that God hears us when we pray. And you know, for little ones, let me tell you what's important to them: their babies, their little toys, their little animals. And so we got them in the anyway. They were getting ready to take a bath. The kids were they were getting ready to take off and take a little run up. Uh, Safford last weekend, and I remember um, got him in the bathtub, and, and uh, Dana was in there, got him all squared away, and I said, look, you guys go do what you need to do. I'll, I'll sit in here with them, and you know, and so they had all their toys, and I said, you want to baptize your toys? <laughs> oh, listen, there's no shame in this. I will use anything I can to get their attention to understand and so we took time, and of course, I didn't do the bath. I, I told her what to say, and so she, she took her little baby, and I said, okay, now ask Anna, have you asked Jesus to come into your life? And so she asked, have you asked Jesus to come into your life? I said, what did she say? Yes, okay. I say, well, now, with that confession of faith, I baptize you now in Jesus' name. Baptize him. I said, don't hold her down too long. <laughs> we went through all six of those little characters, and then she grabbed a couple more. She wanted to baptize more. I'm telling you, uh, I think it's important for us to encourage our children to, um, in the ways of God, because we can encourage them in so many different things. We can encourage them, and um, we can allow them to be encouraged by other stuff. But I think as parents, as grandparents, as, as uncles and aunts, we need to do everything we can to encourage them. This morning, I just want to take a few minutes, and man, I got so much stuff here. I've been Pull, pulling stuff and writing stuff down and copying stuff into this and editing. and But I just want to talk about what it means to be an encourager. An encourager. You know, it's so easy to be discouraged. And so it's easy to become a discourager. Because it's almost like if I can tell you when you come and say, how's your day? And I can go, well, I'll tell you right now, it's been some kind of day. It's almost it gives me some value, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it makes me feel like I have some value, why I'm feeling the way I am, so let me just share it with you. And the truth is, God wants us to be encouragers. I was reading about, um, uh, Joe, help me out, Paul Barnabas? Barnabas. I want to say Barabbas, and I know it wasn't Barabbas. Paul and Barnabas, and how you know Barnabas, his name, actually, he was renamed, and I didn't know this, but his name was Joseph. Did you know that, Joe? His name, Joe would know that. All Joes know Joes. <laughs> but his name was Joseph, and they, they nicknamed him or name, renamed him or began to call him Barnabas 
because he was such an encourager. And, and Barnabas means son of encouragement or son of comfort. That's what it means. And, um, and of course, you can read the story of Barnabas's life, how, uh, you know, he was actually related to, um, you know, John Mark was his ne- nephew, I believe, and they were related. This wasn't, this wasn't a random group of people that just kind of came together. They were related, like many of us are related. Many of us are related. Well, that's the way the, the early church was. They were related, and Barnabas, um, he was actually very, I don't know why Siri's trying to talk to me right now. I'm going to turn her over. Um, but as um, Barnabas was related to a lot of people, and but God used Barnabas to actually champion Paul in the early days of his ministry. Because everybody was afraid of Paul. You remember reading in Acts how, you know, Paul had, Saul had gotten saved, and man, his, he was known as the, uh, I don't know what he was known as, but he was basically took, uh, he had papers to go around and arresting Christians and throwing them in jail and, and whatever it took, if it took putting him to death to get him to be quiet or to stop sharing or to put him into chains and bring him back to Jerusalem, whatever it was, and he was going around doing all this, and when the Lord saved him by knocking him off of his horse, brought him back, he ends up in, um, in a place where basically the people are afraid of him. Well, everybody was afraid of him. He says, now he's a Christian. It's like, really? Because yesterday you were killing Christians, you were arresting Christians, you were doing... But somewhere in that whole process, he, was connect, he connected with Barnabas, and Barnabas began to encourage others to believe in Paul. And you know what? I just say this, and I'm just telling you that little story so that I can say this, that I believe with everything that's inside of me that God has put us in the earth to be encouragers. And there are people probably that just need to be encouraged in some area of their life, and they will take some steps towards Christ in ways that they can't do without our help. We help people. Do you know that? My Uncle Joel helped me to come to Christ. I could tell you some stories, but I don't have time right now. Some stories that basically uh, he had to endure with me. He had to talk straight to me, but he encouraged me. There are people in our lives, you know, you know, in one respect, one reason why we don't see a lot of people come to Christ is because we're irritated with them. People that are close to us, we're irritated with them. You know what? If they would just stop doing this, if they would just start doing that, why don't we take some steps back? and begin to encourage people, look past their, their irritating things. I'm grateful that people look past, and I'm grateful they still do. They look past my irritating, I was going to call them qualities, but I would say whatever they are. They look past those. I read this quote, this is Anne Frank, and she said, uh, where there's hope, there's life. It fills us with fresh courage and makes us strong again. I want you to know that encouragement brings hope to people's lives. I remember being a young boy, and um, the the people that were really instrumental, I'm talking about when I started playing baseball, I started play, play, playing baseball in grammar school, in Little League, in Babe Ruth, and you know whatever was available. And I can remember uh, coaches. I can remember you know going down for a ground ball, and it was already 12 feet behind me. And the coach wouldn't say, what is wrong with you? He would say, stay on it, man. Get on it. Stay on it. Come on. And he would encourage me. He would encourage, I'd get up there to swing the ball, bat, and I'd swing the bat, and it's the balls, you know, whatever, balls here, and I'm swinging up here. And I might be exaggerating a little bit, but not much. 
Because people in our lives, they don't call attention to what we do wrong. They call attention to the possibility, to the potential, to what we can do. And here's the thing. You know, you've heard the saying that, you know, if you, gotta, you reap what you sow. And so, you know, I've heard people say, you know, if you're not feeling love, then you need to show some love. So, you know, you show love and God brings it back to us. And so if you want encouragement, I say give some encouragement out. I was driving with Rach last night. We were taking a ride. And as we were driving, anyway, we were just running around town, just cruising. And I don't know, I just, uh, I, I, I told her, I said, but you know what you need to do? I said, I'll encourage you in an area of ministry that you can do. And so I'll encourage you all this morning in an area of ministry that you can all do. We can all do this. And that is, I told, I'll tell you what I told her, and you can take it for you. I told her, I said, what you ought to do every single day is you should take your phone, because she loves that phone. Most people do these days. They love their phone. And I said, what you need to do is you need to take that phone, and you need to pull up a few people, maybe a person, about four or five people a day maybe. And I said, and I said start with Peppa. Start with your grandpa. And I said, why don't you, have you, when's the last time you texted him? Well, she didn't remember. I said, write him a text. Send him a text and just tell him that, hey, Papa, I heard you had a, an accident on your bike the other day. He has a, a bicycle. He had a wreck on it. And anyway, he's okay. But uh, I said, just send him a text and just say, hey, Papa, thinking about you. I heard you had an accident. I'm glad you're good. I, we talked through it a little bit. And then so she just sends it. And I said, and now here's what you do. Don't expect a, res- a response. If you get one, great, but don't expect it. Sit there and look at it. Wait, don't, no, don't do that. And I said, now send one to, and I just, we named two or three people. And so she just did that. She sat down and she started sending texts out. And after it was all over with, they, they were encouraging texts, encouragement. Miss you, I love you, you know, uh, whatever it is. You know, you're, uh, you have a great time, just encouraging them. And I would just encourage you with that this morning because here's the thing. Nobody knows what everybody else goes through. We only know what we go through. And because we go through stuff that we're going, if they only knew, well, here's the thing. Let's put the shoe on the other foot. If you only knew what they went through, we can't know everything each other goes through. So let's just assume that everybody goes through stuff. Everybody goes through difficulties. Everybody goes through uh, things that, and and I don't need everybody to know all the details of my struggle. I just need to know that there's people that care about me, and you need, to, need that too. And we can share with one another. We can be that voice. Let me read this. Uh, this is uh, Psalm chapter 34, 18 and 19, New Living Translation. It says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue them each time. Here's the thing. The Lord comes. You know how he comes? Through you and me. He comes through us, through us. And see, here's the thing. If my thoughts are more about what I'm going through than what other people, if, you know, nobody knows the troubles I've seen. You know, I'm just singing that song all day long sometimes if I let myself. But if we'll take our eyes off of our problems and begin to become that voice of encouragement to somebody else, let me tell you what happens. God begins to breathe life. He begins to bring light. He begins to bring hope. He begins to bring strength to our lives and into their lives. He begins to connect us because that's really what it's all about. It's about us being the voice of encouragement for others. Or I can just kind of sit back and go, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares what's going on in my life. 
Oh, I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I've been there probably more often than I care to admit. But you know, God picks me up and shakes me out and says, get a grip on yourself and begin to give what you need. Give encouragement to others. Thessalonians 1, or 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. This is the, this is the, the charge that, that Paul gives. He says, so encourage each other to build each other up. He says, just as you're already doing. Now, here's the thing. You might go, I'm not doing that. Then get started doing it. Get started doing it. And you don't have to do it just for people in the church. Do it for people you work with. Do it for your family that lives on the other side of the country. And you don't even have to write a book. Just a line. Just something, write something, because words are powerful. The Bible tells us that life and death, Proverbs, life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? Life, is that true? Okay. That's what the Bible says, and so I'm going to believe it. That's what the Bible says, Joe, so I'm just going to believe that it's true. So life and death is in the power of the tongue, so I'm going to choose to speak life. But what if they don't want to hear from me? I guarantee you. You know, I, I have... I've said this before, I have in my desk, they're actually in a folder in my cabinet now, but I've got cards, I've got two folders. (laughs) I've got one folder that has letters that I don't even know why I keep them. I think I might just throw them away every so often because they're like letters that are like, what a loser I am. Do I get those? Yeah, I think Dana intercepts most of them. I must probably get way more than, than my share of those sometimes. But the thing is, is I keep some of those, maybe just to kind of ground me. And then I have the other file, and this file is notes that people have sent me. And I'm not saying send me notes. I'm just send one another notes. Send one another text. Maybe you're not a texter. Maybe you are a, a note writer. Maybe that's who you are. Don't know. But let me just say this. Encouragement is not one of those things that you have to wait for the wind to blow the right way. Well, I just don't feel like it's the right time. It's always the right time to encourage. Always. Always. Let me say it today. I am so glad to see you all here. I don't know everybody that's here, but I am so glad to see people here this morning. I'm so glad to see God uh, bringing people uh, around for whatever reason, I don't care. But I am so glad because, you know, I just have this weakness and it's called people. I love people. I do. I love people. And, you know, I'm probably, um, I don't know. I'm probably like everybody else. We like people. But when we get discouraged... I was thinking about this the other day, how sometimes I think when I get to the place where I don't really like myself for whatever reason, we all get there. We come to the point where we know we're not doing what we could. We, we feel lazy. We feel like we're not accomplished, and we feel like we failed in this. Well, I should have done that, but I didn't. And so we begin to feel bad about ourselves. And when we feel bad about ourselves, let me tell you what happens. We quit speaking encouragement to others. So you remember the story? I should have wrote it down. It's when David had gone with his army and they had gone out and fought some battles. And when they came back to camp, the enemy had come and they had ransacked the camp and they took their children, they took their wives, they took everything. And all these men, all these uh, warriors that were with David, they come back and they're going, what happened here? And it's like, you know, well, the enemy came and they stole our families while we were out fighting the Lord's battles. And that's what they were doing. They were fighting battles that they believed that God was directing them to go fight. And so these men began to talk amongst themselves about, you know what? I'm sick of this. You know, we're out fighting battles and doing the Lord's work, 
And look what happens to our family. Look what happens to us. And they began to talk about stoning David. <laughs> I'm sure David was going, it's all right, guys. It's all cool. God will give you another wife. God will give you some more kids. That's not what he did. The Bible says that I'm sure, I can't even imagine being in that place where everyone or so many around you might be turning against you because of something that happened that you didn't have really anything to do with. You're just doing it. So David says that David pulled himself away and he encouraged himself. He encouraged himself in the Lord. That's something that every single one of us can do. If I don't have somebody encouraging me, then you know what? I've got to encourage myself. As a matter of fact, even when I have people encouraging me, you ever go look in the mirror and you go, you handsome rascal? See, I know y'all do that. <laughs> you wouldn't be laughing because you're thinking, I didn't know you saw me. <laughs> yeah, we do that, we, 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 and we should. We should tell ourselves that we're smart, that we're capable, that we are able, that we're strong, that we're faithful, that we love our families, that we love our kids, that we love our grandkids, whatever the situation. I love them. I sit there and look at crew. Uh, man, the last few days, it's like, it's just this thing in my heart. I don't know. I think it's going to pop here one of these days. It's just my heart gets so full of love for my grandkids and it's like, I, I mentioned to Jared yesterday, but I, I said, I don't know, man. I just feel like I, I'm, I feel like my, I'm just, it's getting too full. I, honestly, I just feel this thing inside of me towards my grandkids. And he says, oh, you can't love them too much. And I'm thinking, you're right, but I just needed to hear you say that. <laughs> because I feel sometimes that it's like it's so much, we have the capacity to love and to encourage like God. We do. We can love like God. You know why? Because we are made in the image of God. We have the capacity to love like God. We have the capacity to forgive and to show kindness like God. We have that capacity. But you know what? It doesn't just happen. It happens because we give way to it. We yield to it. We yield to it. There's one verse I want to read today, and I'll finish with this. But here's the thing. Uh, this is what basically encouragement does, or this is how it works. This is Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, the New Living Translation. Hebrews 3, uh, 12 and 13. The writer says, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn others each day, while it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Now, here's the thing. We need to encourage ourselves, encourage others every single day. Every day. Now, maybe not every, you don't have time to say, talk to everybody, but you know what? God will speak to you, and I think if we will sow into people's lives encouragement, it will come back to us. So let me just go through this verse real quick. He says, be careful. Be careful. Why does he say be careful? Because it's easy to stumble into a place that we shouldn't be, that we don't want to be. It's easy to get tripped up. It's easy to find ourselves in a place of discouragement and hurt and whatever. It's easy. The enemy is waiting. He's waiting. He wants us to just give in, to yield. So he says, be careful then, brothers and sisters. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to people that have made Christ the, the Lord of their life. Be, be careful, believers. Be careful, brothers and sisters. 
This is not people that are out there, you know, living their lives for, for whatever comes down. This is for people that are, that are believers in Christ. Be careful then, brothers and sisters. He says, make sure that your hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Wow, how could I, I'm a Christian. How could I have an unbelieving heart? Get hurt. That's how it starts. You get hurt. How could I have an evil heart? Well, maybe we don't forgive. Maybe we find something inside of us, a hurt inside of us, and, and it's like we, we don't believe that God wants us to forgive or maybe we don't even want to deal with it. We just want to, and so it begins to fester. It begins, to, it begins to, to get yucky. It just begins to, and then eventually before it's all said and done, we begin to not believe God. We don't believe because God says forgive, be kind, speak life, encourage and so basically, he says, he says, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving because this is what happens. He says, turning you away from the living God. When our heart gets messed up, when our emotions get messed up, when we become discouraged, and everybody fights through discouragement at one time or another, probably more often than we want to admit. That doesn't make you bad. That just makes you normal. You're just normal. We all fight through discouragement. And then he says when, basically, he doesn't say this, but I wrote this down. When people get discouraged, here's what happens. They quit. I'm going to quit on God. I'm going to quit on my friends. I'm going to quit on life. I'm going to quit on my family. I, I quit. You know why? Why try? I'm discouraged. I've been there. Now, this is, this is you, they used to say that Thomas, this is what they used to say, Thomas meant, Doubter, well, it doesn't. It never meant doubter. It means, it means twin or double portion. But, you know, it also means handsome and, and strong and, and all those other things. But the thing is, is we could, I could probably have taken the identity of Tom the discouraged many, many times, just like you. We can take that on. We, we can own it or we can push it away. We can allow ourselves to become an encourager, which encourages us. Okay, and so, uh, so basically, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. Verse 13, it says, we must warn each other every day. I'm going to warn you today, be careful. Don't let discouragement take you down. Don't let discouragement take you down. Don't let discouragement define your future. Don't let discouragement define your outlook on life. I'm just warning you because that's what, that's what the, the writer of Hebrews says. Warn one another. When you see somebody fighting through, through negativity, you know what? In a loving way, we need to warn them, hey, you're too important. You're too important. Life is too short and too important to allow a season to turn into, a longer season to turn into years and decades. And, and let me tell you what, it does until we deal with stuff. He says, you must warn each other every day, every day. Find somebody every day to encourage. That word, warn, but I believe it, he's saying warn by encouraging one another. Hey, don't lose heart. He says, well, it is still today. In other words, do it today. Don't wait. I'll do it next. Well, I'll see him in a couple of weeks. Do it today. Drop a text. Send a message. Do something. And then he says, so that none of you will be deceived by sin. And the thing is, is I have been deceived by sin in different areas of my life at different times in my life. 
deceived by sin, thinking that, that, that just not letting something go or believing something negative or bad about somebody, thinking that, well, you know, if they would have, they should have, and they didn't, so, so you know what, how can I, it's not on my plate, man, it's not my fault. It's not about, it's not about finding fault. It's about finding and fixing the problem is really what it is. And then he goes on, and he says, let me read that last. It says, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. The world is full of discouragers, church. Let's not be any of those. Let's not be them. Uh, you know, it's really easy to become a discourager when I watch um, the discouraging shows on TV, these 24-hour discouraging news cycles. It's really easy to become discouraged and discourage a discourager when I see nothing but the negativity being promoted and highlighted. Well, those are real things. My Bible's down there, but I'll be, it's in here too. This is the truth. The Word of God is the truth. The Word of God is the truth, church. It's the truth even over what you read in the newspaper, even more than what you see with your own eyes. This is a temporal world that we live in. But eternity is where God lives. Eternity is where God wants us to be with him. And we are moving ourselves into that place of eternity. Here's the thing, and I'll just finish with this. As a, as a dad and as a grandfather, as a pastor, as a friend, as a husband, my number one job is to be an encourager. Now, I'm just saying that for me because I need to be accountable to that. I need to be accountable to that. I don't have the, the convenience of saying, I'm just going to go into about a, a week of negativity and discouragement. Been there, done that. It benefits no one. We choose our words. We choose what we say to one another. And I say, let's choose encouragement. Find something to encourage others. Let me just say an encouraging thing this morning about, I did that last week too, the coffee shop. I'm encouraged about what I'm seeing in that coffee shop. I'm seeing young people step up. I'm encouraged about what I'm seeing in the youth ministry. I'm seeing young leaders begin to teach and to promote and to share uh, the word of God at a level and in a way that never have done before. And I'm seeing people, young people, begin to respond to the gospel like I haven't seen in a long, long time. I believe that God's raising up another generation. And here's the thing. I'm not that generation. <laughs> but I'm going to be an, a, a, an encourager of that generation. I'm going to be somebody who comes alongside and helps do whatever needs to be done to make sure that generation has their chance. I want to be a promoter of encouragement, a promoter of of life, a promoter of the next generation, that they would love God and that they would find their way in this world to becoming who God's called them to be. Okay? How about you? Man, come on. Come on. I've never asked for applause, but come on. <laughs> Listen, this morning, let me take a second and pray. Pretty simple this morning. Let's be encouragers. That's just not my style. Well, you need a new style. My mother-in-law told me that a long time ago. I used to show up and hang 10 t-shirts and, you know, Levi's and flip-flops. And yeah, that, was my, that, was my, my, that was my stuff. That was what I wore. And she told me one day, she said, you need a new image. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? Look at this. I mean, 
this is cool. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. What's wrong with this? Anyway, because she saw something different in me. I see something different for us. And it starts with the words that we say. Let's choose to be encouragers. Let's choose. And you know how you find out whether you're an encourager? By listening to what comes out of your mouth, because that's how we encourage. That's how we encourage. Let's pray.